0: I think we are. this is what we are missing in our society, is the art of debate. Everybody's so afraid to argue and not come to consensus, and we all have to have one voice, and we all have to come together. I think you need to strengthen your arguments, and we don't teach kids how to strengthen their arguments.
1: The Growing the Future podcast is brought to you by Aberhart Egg Solutions. Join us as we talk to top entrepreneurs in the agricultural space about their methods of obtaining success in their endeavors. And now, your host, Dan Aberhart. Nice to meet you, too, person. Hello, Loft 32er.
0: Yeah, that's I know. Right? I'm very excited about that. Crystal's one of my favorite people.
2: I was truly honored, um, but I did have to confess. You know that I've only paid to talk.
0: <laughs> oh, I that's. Paid, like, that's very different. My paying fee is high.
2: <laughs> like I want to go talk yeah. somewhere. It's literally like.
0: You guys want to hear? It's gonna you.
2: cost me a lot of
0: money. <laughs> I've been there. I was yeah. there for like. 13 years, 14 years, Mm. yeah, all the weak grower stuff, that's how I started, and then it was anybody that'll listen about policy, let's do it.
2: So uh, how do you cross that threshold to say, I'm worthy, to pay me to come talk, it's not a small thing.
0: Yeah, it's actually really uncomfortable, it's really uncomfortable, and I think it's really uncomfortable for farmers too, Mm. because this is not in our skill set. If you want to be a farmer, you don't typically also love communicating. Most True. of the time, you don't love people at True. all.
2: It's <laughs> a solitary venture, is it not? Is.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I remember it being challenging. I, I, didn't, I didn't come into agriculture wanting to communicate or wanting to be on stage or wanting to be heard. Yeah. I just love to argue. That's the, okay. I love to argue. Well, can't wait we to get into it. Yeah, that was, that was the beginning for me. I
2: have nothing to back up any of my arguments, but I love to debate.
0: Well, there's lots of things to argue about in ag policy. Okay. And it can be fun. There's nothing wrong with that.
2: Big hey, policy, yeah, it's one of my uh, strong, strong areas. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: No, I really admire that. Uh, haven't crossed some of those thresholds myself. So, so you you went from being a farmer to communicator. What, when did the light come on?
0: Well, I don't know if I was a farmer first, to be okay. honest. I I grew up on a farm. Yeah, where was that it? Moss Mossbank. Oh, cool. Yeah, South Central Saskatchewan, pretty yeah. close to the U.S. Probably border. Related. Oh, yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm definitely not related to my husband. And I take comfort in that.
2: We all should.
0: Yeah, we Just should. We all enough, should. But Mossbank's you know, a small town. Genetic
2: diversity of humankind.
0: <laughs> yeah. To begin with. There was, you For know, one thing, there was a time I was a bit concerned about the family tree connections. But I'm confident now, so good.
2: I'm glad we it. Was 23andMe helped you out? Or?
0: You know, David and I, my husband and I went to mm-hmm. school together, like kindergarten through oh. grade 12. We actually dated in grade four. It's a long story.
2: Listen to this. That's yeah. amazing. Dated
0: in grade four and then, then dated. Took a little break, you know, try new things. new people, <laughs> Experimental dating. That's another of, show. Yeah. And then got back together. Grade, <clears throat> grade 11, we started dating and been
2: that's together. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That's quite the journey.
0: Yeah. So he was one of How those, do you grow cool. with
2: someone that long? I mean, honestly, <laughs> it hasn't worked out for me that long. It's like six or seven year sprints.
0: Fair. We're, I think we're vastly different people. I don't believe that people don't change. I think I'm vastly different. Of course, you know, they change tremendous
2: amount. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yep. He, I
2: mean, we were talking about that with Brennan. Like, at what point do you look back and go, man, i was such a dumbass. And then then you stop and you realize, I'm probably going to think I'm a dumbass, you know, at 40. <laughs> even though you're only 20,
0: 29. No, I'm 40. I turned 40 this year. What? And I love that. I had a great time turning 40. This you're is the best great. time of my life right now. I feel the same way. Yeah.
2: And I'm 43, and I'm like, what is going on? Because I'm loving it all.
0: Yeah. Yeah, life is really, really good. And it
2: was was so hard in the 20s. In my 20s, not in the 1920s. I can't speak to that. Only from books and movies. I only
0: barely remember it. (sighs) This
2: is fun. Um... Yeah, I'd be in twenty, kinda of sucked in its own way because you didn't have the power, you didn't know what you were doing, you didn't have to find your way, and, and now it's like, man, I'm starting to live in a space where I'm doing what I want most of the time. But anyway, this was not both me. Um, so you you weren't necessarily a true farmer, but you grew up in Moss Bank in a small town farming community, you come from the farm. And then you married a farmer. Is I did. I married sure? a farmer. Yeah. Just taking a well, while, guess.
0: Yeah. I we, <laughs> we did, did marry the, eventually. The
2: town. Yeah. It was like almost thing, nine like
0: years, but I, we did eventually get married. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, but to David's credit, uh, he knew that I was not interested in farming at all, and oh. I knew that that was the one thing he was interested in, was being a farmer. What were you
2: doing? What were you
0: doing? Uh, I wanted to do anything but farmer.
2: Yeah? Yeah. That's I, pretty broad.
0: Well, no, I, if there's one thing I knew for sure when I graduated high school, <laughs> I was not going to be a farmer. Yeah. No, I did not see any any area of skill set for me in that industry. Went off. I wanted to travel. I definitely wanted to travel. It was, it was the travel. funnest thing in the world like to me. Like what
2: capacity? Like an ambassador?
0: No, I wanted to... cruise ship? I just wanted to see the world. My, yeah. my parents took us to a lot of different places mm-hmm. when we were kids, so I had the travel bug. and an appreciation for other cultures, and I wanted to find some career that would allow me to travel. I was going to live in the city. I was going to do all these other things. I went to school in medicine Hat first. Took a diploma in marketing, to hospitality and tourism marketing. And I had some fun gigs come out of that. Listen, the first... T- do you remember the first time you went to Las Vegas? Mm. You shouldn't.
2: The very medically. first time. Yeah, it was unforgettable. It was such a train wreck. I almost <laughs> got fired from Wings brothers, but anyways.
0: <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was... Very good. See, those things... I was happening. very confused
2: whether I was hosting or it was a guest.
0: <laughs> oh. The do don't mix. No, they don't. You mm. probably should have got fired. Anyways. My first time going to Vegas yeah. was as a... Tour guide on a seniors oh. bus. Really? Mm-hmm. I know where every bathroom is <laughs> on the
2: strip. <laughs> I
0: would take the seniors to all of the bathrooms up and down oh, the strip.
2: Some stories. Yeah, Senior I was a t- tour guide University. on a, yeah
0: on a bus. I've
2: Took seen it. some shit go down.
0: Yeah, yeah. Told some great stories on the bus. had to put the fun back in funeral. Did
2: you sing the ninety-nine bottle song Oh, I
0: tried, Did but they shut me down. They actually shut me down. I needed the cue cards. <laughs> I wasn't that smart back then.
2: Yeah, I wasn't good at counting. Okay, so you went to Las Vegas with a bunch of old people?
0: Just did lots of things. I landed my dream job as a Latin dance instructor on the beaches of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Oh, man. Yeah. Everybody should do so that. Let's all just take a moment. Everybody should do that. And if you picture the white sand beaches, it's not unlike the soil that we have around Moss Bank. <laughs> <laughs> it's Prime not, top soil. there's no ocean. No. No, but you can imagine the skill set I would
2: <laughs> But if you don't get away, you don't. Have that, now you probably love the farm for that very fact, because you could be dancing on yep. this Caicos Turks mm-hmm. island thing, mm-hmm. you know, in a sundress with the white sand yep. and the blue ocean, drinking fruity drinks. But you'd rather be unplugging the
0: combine. Right, and I think that's amazing. <laughs> I am truly grateful <laughs> for all of those experiences. This is like <laughs> <the entire time. laughs> I'm very, very grateful. I would not be happy raising my kids and living on a farm in Mossbank had I not had every one of those other experiences.
2: <laughs> my sister lived in Hawaii two separate occasions for a number of years at a time, and there's a thing called island fever that occurs to prairie dwellers too. I'm telling you, if you don't have the change of the seasons and stuff, you go a little bit.
0: I love Crazy. the change of seasons. Yes, really love it.
2: It doesn't. It's always kind of refreshing, and you go through the hardship of winter and
0: mm-hmm. become a bit stronger sad. Disorder. And when you have kids, you have to work extra hard to love winter. Um, it's a bit challenging, but now we we force our kids to find at least one winter sport that they adore, because you mm. cannot live in Saskatchewan and not have an appreciation for all of the seasons. And it's very easy to lock yourself. It's very easy to not let. Nature touch your skin at all in the wintertime. You go from your house into your heated garage, into your vehicle, you open up the garage door and you get out and you go over to somebody else's and you get out and there's like no elements touch you.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's a brilliant point. Like we're so insulated and I think it's a metaphor for our lives.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're so insulated against any sort of discomfort. We're never hungry, we're never cold, we're never thirsty, we're never too hot and if we are, we bitch. I mean, I got... My truck will warm my hands and you know cool my, oh my butt God, at the same time meal. if I wanted to. It would be weird, but <laughs> <laughs> just if I try to prove yeah. a point to society, mm-hmm. hashtag proving a point. Yep. Hot hands, cool butt.
0: Because I want to. Because I can. I can. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I got the fossil fuel to do it. So you was okay. You were on the beach and then you went to the farm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there was a bit of a transition period there, but old college. Where, uh, <laughs> Fast forward. Yeah, yeah, I jumped right quick to the beach. You, but this is your home. I went to college this here. This is my amazing. alma mater. I so why would you come here? Uh, okay, there's a, a good story behind okay. that. I, I had an opportunity after I came back from the islands. I had an opportunity to take my next dream job, which was like a sales manager for a tour company, and it would be based out of Calgary. So this was a this was a crossroads. I actually had to... Make a decision because if I take that job, that means the life that, that we had talked about with David back home on the farm was, right. was truly not going to happen. At least in my, in my mind, I had to make a decision. Or the option was to find something that I could do on the farm where his heart was taking him. Mm-hmm. And oh, so
2: you wasn't on the farm yet, too? He, he, didn't he went,
0: went to Lethbridge College, actually. But and you guys
2: didn't know if you were
0: going to farm? He was going to farm, definitely. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not I was going to find a place there with him.
2: But you're close enough to the city that could have worked.
0: Yeah, possibly, but in my mind it would not. I, I felt wow. like I needed to make the decision.
2: to have you always been that stubborn this. or just in your
0: <laughs> I'm quite stubborn, <laughs> yes. Very indecisive. Short hair, long hair. I Very think that's indecisive. a great decision, personally. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Now it's with purpose, but before it's like, I don't know, I'll do both. You're doing good. Keep,
2: keep that hair going. On. Okay. It's a trademark. Did you think so? Are okay. you kidding
0: me? Well, then I'll have to be more creative with it's the next one, I guess. instantly. Now it's an expectation? <laughs>
2: You better keep going with it. Don't let your fans down.
0: (laughs) My fan base, yes. Including my kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (gasps) They are my biggest fans. Yeah. Yeah, so I and I ended up on college here because a a good friend of mine, a good friend was Alana Cook. No way. Yeah, my parents knew her really well through the wheat growers. Yeah. And my dad suggested, you know, Alana's done some cool things in agriculture, why don't you just call her up and see what she says? And she said to me why don't you think about going to college? Not ed- no, she didn't recommend university for me. She said, what about like an old college where it's a small campus and you could mm. just really discover if there's something in agriculture that you might like? And that was not a thought that had occurred to me before. I didn't think that I could go to school to learn to like farming.
2: How old were you then?
0: I was about 20.
2: 20? Yep. So you'd done a lot of this stuff before? Yeah, I'd done it. A couple I of years of yep.
0: and I was ready to being a gypsy? Being a bit of a schizophrenic you could also Schizophrenic It's kind of all over the place Yeah, respect Yeah But I think being uh, versatile Is another good word Adaptable
2: Never lonely, Never
0: lonely. I can be happy at Just about anywhere I know that now
2: it I was like unsettled then, but out. I'm
0: happy. Yeah.
2: Good for you. So I ended I up on Olds about. College,
0: and this was one of the, the best decisions I ever made, was to show up on this campus. Well, that's
2: one hell of a plug, and that basically covers the whole media pass the- for me and my brother that you just said that.
0: <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Anytime I can plug Wells College, I'm going to do it. Well, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's they welcomed important. me with open arms on this campus. And I would, we had a really strong fashion. We. I, like, really take ownership in this college. There was an agriculture. They were very much known for agriculture at Olds College. And they had a fashion program, which I thought was brilliant because at that time, most of, 90% of the students in the agriculture program were male and 90 or plus of the so the fashion, fashion was, like was female, denim. so the campus was rocking all <laughs> the time. Denim
2: coveralls it was like, awesome. How to tie a knot?
0: Yep, Yeah. I did not have a belt buckle at all. So What did was the men pe- do on the runway? <laughs> they had lots of fashion shows. Actually, I think a lot of the cowboys on campus helped out on the fashion shows. Can you help me? Because uh, you're good. You're fine. Okay. Yeah. You're good.
2: All right. Thanks. That yeah. means a lot.
0: No coveralls. I'm kind of on
2: TV right now.
0: Yeah. Just be aware of your appearance.
2: <gasps> You went to college.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you discovered the deep, deep-hidden
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, schizophrenia part of you that was
0: actually a farmer. I, dis- I discovered uh, or learned to appreciate the argumentative side of me. I mm-hmm. love loved to argue. I love the art of debate. Mm-hmm. And I've learned. I also went home when I was, I was the economic development officer for our town when I first moved home. Oh, cool. So I learned a great role. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Then then you have to be you are paid to be the cheerleader for your town. Right. Yeah, so I got to sell my hometown that I never wanted to go back to. So I struggled internally with all of that irony. But discovering the right. history of my town was very cool. We, you know, every right. small town has like their story. And yeah. Moss Bank is the home of the great debate. That's really? our thing. That's our tagline. That's us. We I didn't know that. 1957, Tommy Douglas and Ross Thatcher. They debated. They That's held really cool. this debate in Mossbank. Live debate. Like, yeah. I was born in the, in the wrong time period. I think we are, this is what we are missing in our society, is the art of debate. Everybody's so afraid to argue and not come to consensus, and we all have to have one voice, and we all have to come together. I think you need to strengthen your arguments, and we don't teach kids how to strengthen their arguments. And have that you ever does, been on Twitter? <laughs> This is not a good place to drink. 140 characters, not good for us communicators. That's basically dumpster fire. It is. Those are your warriors that really haven't strengthened their arguments yet.
1: We hope that you are enjoying this episode of the Growing the Future podcast. Please take the time to visit our sponsor, Aberhart Egg Solutions at AberhartEggSolutions.ca, where you can find innovative solutions that transform your farm. And now back to the show
2: so did you help people succeed with the entrepreneurial development or the economic development
0: you know i i did try a lot of that there was a lot of battles against us we actually had a noodle plant in Mossbank, the oh. only one in like north america there's one other one uh the only pasta plant i mean in canada sorry and it got shut down. The timing was not good for this, for the noodle plant, and the shutdown, too, for our hometown. So we we tried to revive that. We tried to bring in some new businesses. It's still sitting empty today. But I, I think what I did for the community, and it was as much for me as it was for them, was to, to bring that groundswell of pride for the community. And internally, I didn't have it yet. So it was a work in progress for me. I thought the more I can have this community be proud of itself the more i will be proud of it Mm. too so and the same thing for farming the more i can showcase that we don't have enough pride in this industry so let's do it the more i taught myself to do that too i really had to learn to love my hometown again and that's hurtful probably (laughs) to say but i i thought that i that when i was growing up in high school that i was not being awarded all of the opportunities and now i wouldn't raise my kids anywhere else i love it there Something about being from Saskatchewan. Yeah. Yeah, I have an enormous amount of pride for my town and my community and what we're doing and uh, and raising our kids there.
2: It's amazing to be able to relate to people. Mm-hmm. People who believe what we believe. People who share the same values.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a community. It's, it's, it's a true a community. community in town. Yeah.
2: oh Okay. I think it's it's interesting because it's a complex answer. Like you didn't just say yes, and now I'm going to ask you the same question, but about the agricultural community. Have you been able to help the agricultural community? Is that a simpler answer?
0: Have I been able to help the agriculture community? Hmm. I didn't go into it. I'm, I'm not a philanthropic person where I was trying to help an industry. It was very selfish. Every step along my journey has been selfish. I hope that it was for the good of the industry, but those steps were selfish. I wanted to learn about agriculture. I wanted to go to Ottawa, and I wanted to no longer be under the suppression of the Canadian wheat board i wanted to learn about trade i love it and
2: you wanted to dance on the beaches of uh, circus cake yeah you did
0: i did want to do that you know so i love it i i can't say that there's philanthropy i
2: mean should we have shame i'm very selfish wanting wanting what we want
0: Mm -hmm. i hope that there was some good that as long as you don't want
2: like world war three we're good (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, Just which I don't. by, <laughs> I do not, for the record.
2: <laughs> be like uh, keyboard warriors be like, we're not clear on Sherilyn uh, Nagel's position she on on World War Three.
0: Mm-hmm. We we did operate a hunting lodge, so I am also uh, a gun carrier. Dancing, so there's hunting, lots of these things. Farming,
2: economic yeah. development, speaking, mm-hmm. anything else you want to
0: share
2: here? Yeah, <laughs> so
0: yeah, accounts. yeah, lots and lots of things. I'd Just love getting to started at my, my local museum committee and... <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
2: yeah. Huh?
0: Variety. Spice of
2: life. What's your favorite item in the museum?
0: Oh, boy. There's so many. Again. Narrow
2: down. Qu- Narrow it down,
0: it down to one. Give me one. My favorite item in the Moss Bank Museum. Can it be a building?
2: It can be whatever you want. Oh, or does that count?
0: I really love the schoolhouse. I owe this That's industry everything. Yeah. I owe this industry everything. I owe it all of my happiness and gratitude that I have today. And you know what I love about my 22-year-old self? Her naivety. (laughs) She knew that my naivety at that age is what got me through all of those steps, the... Being president of the wheat growers is a ridiculous thing. Now that I look back, at 22, with zero experience. You are president? All I had was energy. That's what I brought to the table.
2: I feel like that's a House of Cards episode or something.
0: Yeah, yes. wasn't a power struggle, though. It was just like, yeah, that sounds fun. Let's do so it. It was you that killed the wheat board. Oh, don't give me that credit. There's way too many people that deserve the credit for that. But yeah. I loved being part of that argument. Yeah. Absolutely loved it.
2: What did you talk about today? I missed your presentation.
0: Uh, Today was a great presentation. I've not given this presentation before. It was an introduction to the Global Farmer Network. So this is an organization that is quite meaningful to me. I was involved since 2000, have been involved since 2008. Cool. And it was started, it was originally called Truth About Trade and Technology. And it was started by five Iowa farm boys Mm -hmm. in the year 2000.
2: Can't be that bad then.
0: They're great people, and they're still sitting on the board today, which I love. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but become good friends. Wait, of when mine. You this, sorry, sorry? In the year two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah, so in nineteen ninety nine, the the precursor to the WTO was GATT. Do you remember that? I oh, don't know. I didn't really get the Western producer. I GATT. I didn't it. <laughs> Before the WTO was GATT, and so the GATT negotiations were happening in Seattle in nineteen ninety nine. And there were some concerns around globalization, and there was peaceful protests were planned at the negotiation, which there generally are. Those peaceful protests became... Riots. There's actually a movie made in 2007, "Battle in Seattle." You got to watch it. Charlize Theron, Woody Harrelson, good people, big cast. Yeah, it was a big deal. "Battle in Seattle," and it talked about the riots of the Seattle negotiations. And those five Iowa farm boys were so shocked and taken aback that these trade negotiations that were absolutely vital to farmers around the world were being seen as the the people would feel so harshly about these negotiations that they would protest and riot in that capacity. So they were fearful about the Mm -hmm. industry and what was going to happen to trade and to access to technology. So they started Truth About Trade and Technology, and it has since grown to the organization it is today called the Global Farmer Network. And we are, we are covering five, 50 nations and extend over six continents of farmers around the world that come together basically for two purposes. We all agree that what farmers grow should be traded around the world. We should have strong trade agreements. And two, we should have access to technology. If there is technology out there that would empower a farmer, would enable them to grow better, more sustainable crops, healthy healthy, Mm -hmm. affordable food, they should have access to that. So we come together for that purpose, and the purpose of the Global Farmer Network is to amplify the farmer's voice in all of those discussions. There's many, many trade negotiations and conferences and meetings and panels that are talking directly about agriculture and food production, and there's very few farmers that are invited to those tables, to that conversation. So it's our goal to amplify the voice of farmers and ensure that we're being heard.
2: And how are you doing that?
0: Well, we have an international board of directors mm. and we have this, the, a roundtable. So every year we invite uh, 10 to 15 new farmer members from all over the globe mm. to attend a roundtable discussion. Cool. They are well vetted and they are nominated by and their country. On? Well, it's a pretty strict vetting process. I don't know. Do you think he'd make it? Make the cut? I don't know. You know what? Else? I'll see what I can do. It's kind of a lineup for people from Canada wanting to get in, so um, I take Uh, cash. Alphabetically A, B, E. Okay.
2: Anyways.
0: So, we we invite a new group of farmers to come every year, and they they come and they sit at a round table, and we learn about our commonalities, we learn about our differences, we learn about how we can work together. Well, typically it's been North held North in North. Iowa in, Otto, in on October around the World Food Prize. So cool. Norman Borlaug, kind of the grandfather of the Green Revolution, right, right. he's celebrated every year at the World Food oh, Prize. Cool. So we have a, a roundtable discussion there. But we are, as part of the growth of the organization, we're starting these roundtables in various other countries around the world. So India is coming up and Argentina.
2: It's like the Illuminati?
0: Uh, not like that at all, actually. Oh, okay. No, oh, okay. very different.
2: Um, and how's it going? Are you winning the war?
0: You know, I think what we are successful in thus far is putting producers, uh, putting farmers at the forefront. So one of the best things I think the organization is doing today is putting speakers. Like our farmer members are very articulate and very passionate about communicating what they need. And we're ensuring that they get spots on some pretty major uh, conferences and agendas and meetings. And we are not a a lobby organization, but we do help when we can our membership to get meetings and and find a way that they can uh, get progress for these two issues that are really important for us.
2: How so much time are you putting into this? <laughs> uh,
0: I haven't calculated. <laughs> I haven't calculated. One of those little <laughs> kids, like my brother has an
2: app, if he's working on Eberhard, A, day, he turns it he on. He turns it
0: on? Yeah, I don't no, want to do that. I don't yeah. really want to know, because I, I really feel like this is, is something that I was meant to do. I really because love. Because you can do it. Yeah, I, I it's such thoroughly a narrow enjoy
2: it. Uh, band of, of uh, competencies.
0: From, from my experience... Farmers truly are rock stars, and the world loves to hear from farmers. As much negativity, yeah, as much negativity as there is, and as frustrated as we get around, you know, the uh, non-GMO labeling and the glyphosate discussions. Truly, when I talk to people, yeah. they have an appreciation for farmers and what we do. And I believe that if we can get more farmers on the stage, if we can implore more farmers to have conversations, that we can move that needle. (laughs) Perhaps I have not grown out of my knife at 40, but that is what I believe today, that farmers, an amplified voice of farmers will will help.
2: And I don't know that it's ever as bad as portrayed by the media. I mean, the media essentially thrives on clickbait, which is essentially disasters. I mean, that's what makes us click. It's the nature of the beast, and that's how they make money. Um, What's one of the most craziest moments you ever had on the stage?
0: Oh, I don't know. A crazy moment that I have had on the stage. I'm very prepared. (laughs) You and I were talking about this before. (laughs) Crazy moments. Oh, I do have one. I have a great example. Okay. Last fall, I was speaking to the uh, Agriculture Society of the Commonwealth. And they had their yearly, their biannual meeting in Edmonton. And I'd done a little bit of research, so there's people coming from all over the, the Commonwealth to come to this meeting around the agriculture, around agriculture. And they invited me to come and talk about public trust. So I have my presentation put together. It's wonderful, and I see that the princess is the chair of the Agriculture Society of the Commonwealth. There was a princess. Yeah, and she. Stories was, and princesses. Yeah, I mean, so she's
2: there. You know perfectly Disney kind of way, but
0: anyways, go on. She's a wonderful lady. So anyways, I, I read her bio and she was there, and once I get to the facility, they tell me that she's here, and she's going to be coming to your presentation, mm-hmm. and there's going to be security, and there's all of these kinds of protocols, and you are not you are not supposed to look at her. You're not supposed to go oh over God. there. You're not supposed to be yeah. like, hi, and wave. You're not supposed to take selfies. You're not supposed to do, there's lots of protocols. So I was a bit having, okay, selfies she's coming into my presentation. They had an entire couple of rows, a section off in the front, so she's going to be sitting in the front, and I'm 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 not letting it bother me. There's I have a great audience of people and a great message that I want to share. So Princess is there too, cool check. And then as I'm going through my stories on stage, I love to tell that I love to incorporate raising my daughters on the farm into this conversation around public trust and what I have to do Mm -hmm. to, if I, if I want to have a farm to pass on to the next generation, there's a lot of privileges I need to protect and agriculture technology is one of them and I have a great picture of my, of my daughter when she was very little, driving a tractor and wearing a beautiful like, you know, princess dress with a crown and everything. And I'm telling this story, and you know the punchline to that story, the ending of that story is I've taught my daughters that princesses can also drive tractors. And I've never <laughs> told this story with a princess <laughs> actually in the room. So as I'm gearing up to tell this line, I can see the princess there, and I'm, I'm asking myself in, the, in my head, "Is this going to be appropriate? Can you actually say this? How is this <laughs> going to work?" And uh, Are you get yeah, so I said, "I've taught my daughters that princesses can also drive tractors," and yeah. I looked right at the princess. I said, "No offense," Aww. and she starts laughing, and we had a we had a, a great story. So you weren't
2: supposed to look at it, but you looked at I wasn't it. Wasn't supposed to do any of joke, that. Yeah. But-
0: she came up she's to me she like, was wonderful.
2: stupid ru- she's probably thinking they're stupid rules. Here's this lovely girl comes from Canada. Fully <laughs> totally open. Adorable
0: over. children with print So she comes wow, up yeah. to me. Children will get me every time. She comes up Good to me after you. the presentation. She comes up to me, I did not break the rules. She comes up to me with all of her bodyguards in check. And she <laughs> says to me, I'll have you know. I do drive tractors, (laughs) but they don't have a cab. (laughs) (laughs) She was, she was lovely. We stood for 20 minutes talking about cool farming stuff. Well, and that's
2: your role was to break down barriers and bring it on home.
0: Speak to the princesses of the world.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like a good gig.
0: It was a great gig. Yeah. It
2: was awesome. You like to travel?
0: The travel a, is a bit exhausting. Double-edged Yeah, it is, and and most of my travel happens in the winter time uh, right. when we're not busy, and so winter travel, especially out of Regina, is terrifying at times. There's lots of flight schedules and luggage lost, and
2: it's a dangerous city. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Regina. Anyways, but I do I do thoroughly enjoy it. This is like weeks like this. I probably overbooked myself this summer. But weeks like this are kind of crazy. There's I had three entirely different presentations this week yeah. with entirely different audiences. Good so that, it requires a lot Working of preparation. And, yeah.
2: and what is your role on the farm?
0: Well, right now I, I really should be at home We're uh, doing a little bit of crop checking. But through the harvest, we have one of the best crews right now that we've ever had. My husband said after seeding that that went as efficiently and as fun as he can ever remember it. So I owe an enormous amount of credit to the guys that we have today. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're there and they're so capable allows me to take part in a lot of these other extracurricular activities that I'm really passionate about and that no longer only happen in the winter time. So I'm afforded some time when i wouldn't be normally if i was needed on the farm so i'm gonna head home at harvest time and my sister-in-law share the responsibility of feeding this amazing crew at harvest and i'm thoroughly enjoying that role now i love to to cook for a grateful group and i'm extremely grateful to have them as capable operators and doing what they do on our farm so that i can do what i do
2: got it too, goes a long way yeah you ready for the last question, Humdinger. Okay, hit me. Sherilyn Nagel, what is the best part of your legacy that you think that you're going to leave behind? What's going to be the best part of your legacy?
0: My legacy? Oh. I suppose because I have children, they would have to be part of that, that legacy.
2: Could be yeah. more than that.
0: I think my legacy will be an appreciation for the industry. I mean, a true, deep appreciation for this industry and what hit... The role that it plays in society. I come from a family of farmers, from a town of farmers, a province, and a country whose GDP has always you know, been dependent on agriculture. So I took for granted my childhood growing up on the farm. I took for granted the industry that I was born into, and I don't want to take for granted anymore the industry that I'm allowed to participate in, and I'm, I'm so grateful that this industry has well welcomed me with open arms, with a, with a skill set that, that wasn't here before. You know, I now have a, a great place in this industry to be able to talk about the cool people that I meet in the industry and I'm not a visionary. I'm truly not. I don't love people to ask me about the future of agriculture. There's enough people Mm. that have a vision for the future of agriculture. I'm happy to go along for the ride, and I trust that the good people in this industry that are so technologically advanced, so much smarter than I am in all of these other areas, that I'm excited to see what they do that I get to benefit from. Well said.
2: What a pleasure.
0: Thank you. It's amazing. Great to chat with you too. Oh, so cool. Thank
2: you. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Love it.
1: Thanks for listening to the Growing the Future podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for highlights of the show. Also, full-length videos of the show are available on our website, www.growingthefuturepodcast.ca and on YouTube. We would very much appreciate if you took the time to visit our sponsor, Aberhart Ag Solutions at aberhartagsolutions.ca, where you can find innovative solutions that transform your farm.